The following sermon was delivered by Executive Pastor Rev. Dr. Jonah So in the sanctuary of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with us every Sunday, in person, or on livestream. For details, go to fapc.org. And now, here is Rev. Dr. Jonah So. Hear now the word of God as it comes to us from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, starting with the 25th verse. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. This is the word of God for the people of God. When I sit down with other groups or individuals to share and listen to stories like the one I just shared with you, there is usually some nervous laughter, some reassuring, and invariably someone, myself included, will say, remember, they're only kids. And that kind of ends it because we will reply, you're right. What is it about being a kid that lets them get away with it? Is it that they haven't learned the rules yet? They don't have the maturity and capacity to internalize whatever patterns of behaviors and esteeming of values we demand of adults? Well, yes. Children are judged by a different standard because they are in a phase we deem as learning. That's what makes it amazing when they get it early because we don't expect them to get it. And when they frustrate us and drive us nuts, we can chill out when we realize that they aren't supposed to get it or haven't learned it yet. Ephesians is written to a community that has been taught to give up living and thinking as unbelievers do because that way does not understand God and is alienated from God. You see, it is a life characterized by ignorance and hardness of heart toward God. The Ephesians are a community that has learned a new way of living in Christ. They were taught to put away their former way of life and make, be made new in their hearts becoming a new person in the likeness of God. 
made to be good and holy. Moreover, this community is bound in unity. They know they belong to one another and they are striving to live for and with each other. This epistle provides guidance on how to deal with conflict that arises within the community of believers. I want to explore three exhortations today. The first two deal with behaviors to stop doing, and the third with how we ought to be. The first behavior deals with anger. I wish the exhortation were, Christian, don't be angry. If that were the case, I would be able to roll my eyes and resign to my complete and other failure. But that is not the exhortation. Verses 25 through 27 say, So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Did you catch that? It did not say we cannot be angry. In fact, it says the exact opposite. It says, be angry. We are allowed to be angry. What a relief. Or is it? You see, the exhortation does not stop with be angry, period. It goes on to say, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Have you ever spoken the truth to someone who does not want to hear it or refuses to hear it? Doesn't it feel so good to be able to speak it to them knowing that you are speaking from the moral high ground because you are 100% sure that you speak the truth? You didn't go in for the rebound after you took your shot. You didn't play defense. You didn't use the boards. I'm sorry, but your play today was so sucky. These are all truths. These truths made me angry. But in speaking the truth in anger, I sin. Verse 31 says, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. In other words, never shout angrily or say things to hurt others. We can be angry, but we cannot sin. Moreover, we are not to let the sun set on our anger. It is okay to be angry. But there is no formula to the amount of time one could or should be angry. But there is a fine line that we cross in our hearts and spirits when we opt to remain angry, stoking that anger. And in doing so, we sin. 
Be careful of the path you go down when you threaten or mutter under your breath, I'll remember this. The second behavior deals with our self-centeredness. Verse 28 says, Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. To both the believer and unbeliever, stealing and thievery is a bad thing. It is not a religious debate. However, those who have learned from Christ, the understanding shifts. The world teaches, look out for number one. Take care of your needs and concerns first and foremost. And if you have something left, consider others. With such a mindset, thievery is not that far removed. An individual wants or lacks for something so badly that he or she is willing to disregard another person and take it. Stealing is not so far removed from those who do have, and maybe it's plenty or enough, and yet continue to amass and accumulate to satisfy their own desires. At the center of it all is the self, self-centeredness. Those who belong to one another in the community that Christ has gathered are exhorted to not just labor and work honestly with their own hands, but to do so with the express purpose of giving away that which was earned to someone else. The life to which this community has been called is not just to live for oneself, but to live a self-giving life that deems the other equal to or even more important than oneself. Fifth Avenue is in the process of seeking officers to serve in this community as deacons, elders, and trustees. Each time I have gone through this process, here and elsewhere, I have been amazed at how such busy individuals do not keep their time and abilities to themselves, but rather agree to give of their time and abilities to bless others. We know God is indeed at work in our midst when individuals say yes. And for that, we are so thankful. The last behavior does not tell us what not to do or what to avoid. It tells us how to be. Verse 32 says, be kind to one another. You've heard or seen the phrases in memes, cups, t-shirts. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. You never know what someone's going through, so be kind. Kindness is something anyone can give without losing anything themselves. What a guiding light. The exhortation to be kind is the north star of navigating through conflict in Christ's community. In being kind while we are angry, we do not sin. 
In being kind as we seek to meet our needs and desires, we do not disregard others. Rather, we bless them. N.T. Wright articulates it in such a way that it holds a mirror to our faces. He writes, Kindness is a virtue not often enough considered, but it remains central to what Christianity is all about. The reason for this is stated clearly at the end of this passage. Kindness is one of the purest forms of the imitation of God. How would it be if God were the kind of God who is always making snide or bitter remarks at us? What would worship and prayer be like if we thought God had been talking about us behind our backs, putting us down to others? How would we feel if we thought we couldn't trust God to tell us the truth? If he was always losing his temper with us? Well, how do people feel about us if that's what we're like? Wouldn't it be better in every way to be like God? God is kind. God is kind to us. It is kindness that helps us navigate conflict. It is also kindness that helps us mend when we or others violate the rules of conflict. Hear again the fullness of verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. It is the kindness of God that moves us to do arguably the most difficult thing, forgive others. Remember the phrase, they're only kids? One of the reasons it is important to say it is because it makes us recall a time when we went through and did the same thing as them when we were kids. It appeals to our empathy. We forgive because we know what it means to be forgiven. That's what the table set before us today reminds us of. Another reason it is important for us to say they're only kids is because God, our heavenly parent, must say it all the time when it comes to us. They're only kids, my kids, and I love them even when they've had a bad day watching other kids play hockey. Family of faith, you are the light, leaven, and salt of the earth. Go today with the spirit and bring out the best of the world, the goodness that God has already created. Shine, uplift, season. And remember that this imperative is from God, is to the church. Let us spread God's love in the world as a community because we cannot do it alone. May God bless you and keep you. May God be kind and gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and bring us all peace. Amen. We hope this sermon has been meaningful to you and given you a measure of hope, encouragement, and good news. 
If you would like to make a donation to support this audio ministry, please visit fapc.org give. Thank you and blessings to you on this day.